Good morning, Yakima Vineyard. This is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome all of you this morning. Um, you might hear a fan going on in the background. Uh, for those of you who have physically attended the church here before when we're in a heat wave, our 100-year-plus-old church building gets insanely hot, and it is about 90 degrees right now inside in the sanctuary. Um, I'm in a little side room with a fan going, so just wanted to let you know if you hear some scent hummed in the background, that's kind of what that is all about. Um, I hope you guys are staying well and staying cool. Um, I personally am praying for fall. <laughs> I'm already ready for some crisp, cool mornings. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and um, give this uh, message to the Lord and ask him to bless it. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you for all that you are. Jesus, uh, the more I spend time in your gospels, um, the more in love I just follow with you. Um, Lord, you are such a good God. Lord, I can't even imagine uh, our lives without you, Lord. Um, you are, you're just, you're everything for us, Lord. So Lord, I ask, would you, um, by the power of your Holy Spirit, just continually draw us to you, God. Lord, would you show us yourself? Holy Spirit, we need you in our lives every day. We need you interacting with us, guiding us, directing us, helping us to focus our eyes where they belong. Lord Jesus, we give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you for being such a good God. Amen. Well, let's get started. So, uh, as I have been each week, we're going to start with talking about who Jesus is. Jesus is the way. He's the way for us to follow. It's not just enough for us to worship God, but we're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He's the primary revelation of God's character to our world. And Jesus is the life. Through Jesus, he gives us life both now and forevermore. Starting in John 15, 15 through 17, it says this. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, for it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit here. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. If you love me, keep my commands. Jesus here is not talking about those who preach about him, who talk about them, who brag about having, you know, some kind of higher life or being a more moral person and all sorts of things. But Jesus is saying here, if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus is saying, if you truly want to know God, if you truly want to serve God, if you truly want to be one of the people of the way, then we have to delve into what it was Jesus said to us. 
how Jesus expects us to live and to follow that. It's not just enough for us to give lip service to our faith. We have to walk out our faith. So what was Jesus' commands? What, what did he say was the greatest command? Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Okay, so there's one of the things we have to do. We have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything that we are, every, every part and aspect of our life and our being should be given over to the Lord, should be submitted to God. He says that's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. So he says the second is as great as the first. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So he's saying all of the Old Testament, all of the revelation that we receive from Isaiah and Elijah and Elisha and Daniel, and you know, I could keep going on naming these prophets, but all of the prophecies, all of the directives from God was leading to this. Where Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He's distilling down all of the revelation of God that we had prior to this, to these two commandments. And he said in that previous verse, if you love me, keep my commands. And here's his commands. These were his commands. So if you love God... You need to serve him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you love God, you have to love your neighbor as you do yourself. That's what Jesus is calling us to. That's how we follow God. That's how we serve him in a real and true way. So we have to stop from time to time and look at our lives. We have to do a little bit of self-reflection and say, Lord... Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, who Jesus said here that you, you gave to us to be with us. Holy Spirit, am I doing these two things? Am I one of your people? I encourage you to reflect on that this week. Jesus said he will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So someone like him. He says another Jesus being our first advocate. He says he'll send us another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. I'm going to jump into a little thing of theology here. At the Yakima Vineyard, one thing we believe, that when you choose to follow Jesus, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit enters you at that same time that that you know jesus was talking earlier that you will be in him and he will be in you right when he was referencing both himself and the holy spirit basically when you uh decide to become a follower of the way when you decide to become a follower of jesus christ the holy spirit is part of that package so anyone who's following jesus with their whole life and with their whole heart and is truly seeking god you have the holy spirit in you 
the Holy Spirit is with you. It says that we can't even come to God except by the Holy Spirit in another verse. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is in you. So we believe that each person who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior also has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit lives in you and he can speak to you and he can guide you and he can direct you and that the power of the Almighty God as Jesus says, that we will do even greater works than he did. All of that power and authority is in us who choose to follow Jesus. So you need to know that the Holy Spirit is with you and in you right now if you've chosen to be a follower of Jesus. And you have access. You have access to that. To bring to bear on the world, to change it for the kingdom of God. I encourage you to do that. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the Holy Spirit is and his work a few weeks from now. I'm going to spend a whole Sunday morning kind of talking about the Holy Spirit and his works. But here's a few bullet points about the Holy Spirit. He's the author of Scripture. 2 Peter, 2 Timothy speaks about the Holy Spirit being involved and in, in one of the authors of Scripture. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. We see this in Isaiah and in John. He's our guide, again in John. He's a giver of gifts, Romans, Ephesians, 1 Corinthians. There's lots of scriptures regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and those gifts that he gives freely to us. He's our intercessor. He goes before us. He intercedes to the Father for us. He's the revealer, and he's the spirit of truth. If you're confused, if you're struggling with something, we can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Would you direct us? Would you show us the truth of a situation? We find this in John and in Corinthians. He's the spirit of life. Find that in Romans. He's our teacher in John and 1 Corinthians. The Holy Spirit can teach us and open up scripture to us and reveal things to us. He's our witness. Romans, Hebrews. There's just there's so many different aspects of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, we'll, we'll get a little more into that in, in some future weeks when we're kind of done with this section of John. Um, but there's so many things that the Holy Spirit is and can be to us. And if, if we could truly learn to engage in a spirit-filled life, if we could, if we could truly grasp uh, just the fullness of life that we have with Jesus in our heart and the Holy Spirit in us, guiding us and directing us, how, how could we change our world and bring the kingdom of God to bear as we walk through it? So let's continue with our scripture reading. Uh, John 14, 21 through 22. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, parentheses, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Here he's saying it again, right? My Father will love them, and we will come to them, and we will make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. This is an incredible example of the humility of Jesus. Like if anyone could, 
if anyone could say, like, that I'm speaking my own words, right? Like, listen to my wisdom. It would be Jesus, right? Like, he, you know, he was part God, and, and he had full wisdom. And he's like, but even here, he's like being humble and saying, I'm only reflecting what, what God is. He was a messenger, and he delivered his message. Now, if it's that way with Christ, how much more should it be for us, who are very inferior messengers compared to Christ, right? So many times, prophets, preachers, theologians, teachers, there's this thing where we get so enamored with our own thoughts and with our own words and with our own position. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus stayed humble. Jesus knew his place in relation to the, into God. That he was to hear from God and then share what he heard, heard from God with the world and with others. And so my, I guess my encouragement is make sure that you are not putting your thoughts and your ideas and your opinions above those of the Lord himself. And that you keep in mind those commandments that Jesus spoke about. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. See, Jesus was pretty good at taking these, these deep theological concepts and ideas. I mean, he encapsulated all of the Old Testament prophecies into a single statement. Or technically two statements. But you get what I mean. He was able to just say, look, here's what the Lord requires of you. To where it would be understandable to most people. I pray we have that same type of humility. We should be like the moon to God's sun. The moon doesn't radiate any light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun. I pray that we would reflect Christ's light in the same way. Instead of this, you know, we always struggle to produce our own light. You know, we struggle to like, I don't know, there, you know, it's like, we want so badly to be known, right? That's a common human thing. We want people to know us. And we want for what we say and what we think and what we speak to be heard. And yet, if we could learn to be like the moon and just reflect the light of the sun, S-O-N, how much more beautiful might that be? It's not that we are worms. It's not that we're worthless. I don't believe in, you know, the, uh, the theology of initial depravity where we're just worthless and, like, you know, I just I don't believe in any of that. But what... What I do know is that if we can be an empty vessel and allow the spirit of the holy God, of, of the divine God, to fill us and to pour out of us, it's going to be so much more than our efforts. I, we have to be like the small boy 
who brought the fishes and the loaves to Jesus and said, Lord, can you, can you use these? If we can bring ourselves to God and say, Lord, can you use me? What kind of miracles can he perform with us in a spirit of humility and in a spirit of sacrifice of putting our hands or putting ourselves in God's hands and asking God to use us as he would? The Holy Spirit working through us is so much more powerful than anything that we can produce on our own. Anything we can produce on our own. If we're trying to, to serve out of our own strength, it's but a shadow of what we can do with the power of God, working through us and in us. Jesus uh, in John 14, 25 through 27 says this, All this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will, will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let your hearts be afraid. In our current world, in our current environment in the United States, we have so much going on, and there's so much information, and there's so much struggle, and, and, and things to, to be afraid about. I mean, we have, we have cause um, to have anxiety, we have cause to have struggle, we have cause to be wrestling with some fear right now. We do. I mean, it's not, it's not incomprehensible that people would be struggling right now. And yet, Jesus promises us. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I don't give to you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And see, Jesus was saying this before going to his crucifixion. Because he knew the trials and the tribulations and the struggles that they were going to be going through. And so he was setting them up for success. He was saying, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid, no matter what comes. Because he knew he was going to be crucified and he knew he was going to die. And he knew that at the hands of the Romans it was going to be an ugly thing. And so he was speaking peace to them before that happened. I want to press into this for a moment. I want us to take a moment. I'd like for you to, right where you are, um, just adopt, get yourself comfortable. Sit, sit in a comfortable way. And I'm going to pray. I want to ask God to bring his peace to us right in this moment. And if, you're, if your heart and your mind and your spirit are open, I believe God will meet you and he's going to give you a moment of peace. Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus, one of your names is the Prince of Peace. Lord, I ask right now for everyone who is in a posture to receive from you in this moment, God, Lord, would you bring them your peace? And we're just going to take a moment here collectively together in our own homes or at the church like I am, but together. I want you to take a moment and allow God's peace to rest with you. Jesus, bring us your peace.
We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your peace. We thank you that you, Lord, as you said in Scripture, you give us a peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for that, Lord. I want to encourage you guys in a spiritual practice and in a spiritual discipline. I would like for you to find just five minutes. So out of your 24 hours of your day, I thought about sitting down and figuring out how many minutes in a day you have, but I didn't. Just take five of those minutes that you have in your day. I'd like for you to each day take five of those minutes and just sit before the Lord. And just meditate on God's goodness, on who Jesus is. Be quiet before the Lord and listen for his Holy Spirit and he will speak to you and his peace will come on you and you will be able to sense the presence of God with you. And if you can start your day, if you can find five minutes of your day to do that each day, just start with five minutes. And then if you want to increase it as the Lord guides you, I encourage you to do that as well. But if you could just take five minutes out of your day and not pray, not read your Bible, I'm not saying do external, allow the divine spirit of God to speak to you and just be quiet before him and listen to his voice and just sense his presence. It will change you. I encourage you to do this. When we're all able to kind of get back together again and have church, I'm going to be teaching my celebration of discipline class where eventually I'll work you up if you join the class and you're part of it. I'll work you up to where you can spend a half hour uh, just in meditation before God and just listening for the Spirit of God and just resting in the Spirit. Um, And so when that happens at some future day, Lord, don't let it be too long from now. But in a future time when we can start gathering together again, I plan on doing um, my book study. I've been teaching Celebration of Discipline out of the book for about the last 10 to 15 years. Um, And so I encourage you when that happens. Anyway, uh, let's see if my clicker will continue on. All right. Uh, Verses 28 through 30. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. Jesus says, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. Romans says this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So if we're co-heirs with Christ and the prince of this world has no hold over Jesus, then the prince of this world has no hold over you as well. He has no hold over you. I've heard it said most of my life. We are under new ownership. We are under Christ. We are under Jesus. That Christ's sacrifice on the cross means we are now his. He is ours and, and, and we are his. So the prince of this world, the, when the enemy tries to come against you, he has no 
hold over you. And I want you to remember that. So when you're feeling attacked, when you have that struggle, when you feel like the enemy is messing with you, when you feel like you're struggling maybe in a, with a moral failure or something that you're, you're just wrestling with, I want you to remember that we have overcome through Christ Jesus, that we have power through the name of Christ. The enemy has no hold over you. And I speak that right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the enemy has no hold over you. I want you to own that. That through Jesus, because the Holy Spirit is with us, because the Holy Spirit is with those who follow Jesus, the enemy has no hold over us. And anytime you're feeling attacked, anytime you're having a struggle, you can take that to God. And the Holy Spirit is already there, ready to stand in that gap and stand against the enemy. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I want you to hold on to that. I want you to remember that in these times to come. I'm going to read this verse one more time. For the prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. That's in Romans 8. Hold on to that this week. May God bless you. Have a great week.